Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I was and still am a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting and voiceover. As you'll hear in this episode or watch in this episode, if you're tuning in on YouTube, the voiceover world is a beast but it's a lovely, wonderful beast filled with wonderful human beings, including my guest this week, Jody Krangle. Jody Krangle was a internet marketer, search engine optimization professional, turned now professional voice actor. And you have heard her voice. If you've ever seen a commercial, you have heard her voice. She has been in thousands of commercials and her voice is heard in medical narration, audiobooks, on websites for brands, you've heard her voice. And her voice is incredible. Uh, the voiceover industry, as I said, is a bit of a weird beast. It's become massively popular over the pandemic because you can record from home in your own home studio. So it's a really great work for home option for actors. So Jody goes into this quite a bit about how to get started in the industry and some tips and tricks that she had. I hope you enjoy this wonderful episode with the incredible Jody Krangle. anything. I'm like, no one's going to know Newmarket. <laughs> you know how I know Newmarket? And I'll edit this out because this is so dumb. When I was growing up, I grew up in Vancouver, but uh-huh. I was obsessed with this band and they were called Serial Joe. And they were a band okay. and they were from Newmarket, Ontario. And I'd never been to Ontario. I'd never heard of it, but I was like, Newmarket is the best place because the best band is from there. And then I moved to this area and like we drive to Newmarket all the time and it just makes me laugh now because I'm like, oh, Newmarket, oh, this band that I was, again, teenager giggle, right? Never oh, heard about anything in Ontario so except for Ottawa and Toronto and Newmarket. <laughs> Glass Tiger was from here. That's right. Yeah. Sam Reed had a studio here for a while and, and oh. I was at his studio often. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's really cool. Put New Market on the map. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool, actually. And he's a fantastic musician. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Why don't you tell me a bit about yourself? I, I know you do a ton of voiceover work and voice is your thing. Yeah. It's uh, kind of become my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a gradual progression over the years. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I really love the voice acting. And the interesting thing about it is that it's kind of become both sides of my loves because I like being creative, but I also like the logical, you know, working tech end of things. And this requires both. So there you go. It also requires having some business sense, which, you know, is nice to have too. <laughs> So yeah, especially these days, we're all working a lot remotely. And a lot of this particular work now is going non union. Um, Mm. In fact, I would almost say most of it is now non union unless you're doing animation. And Mm. uh, yeah, you need to be able to remember to invoice. (laughs) Get paid for the job that you do. Yes, I think in in the creative world, we struggle with that, I think, 
Because as artists, people think this is your passion and you do it even if you didn't get paid. You're like, yeah, that's true. But I also need to, you know, buy groceries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to have a roof over your head. You need to be yeah. able to, uh, to, to have the, um, the, the, basics around you so that you can continue to do your art. <laughs> well, and also your art is valuable. And unfortunately, yes. or fortunately in our society, we put value, we don't put value on things that are free, right? So and no. you deserve to have your talent and art have a monetary value on it. This is very true. Yeah. Starving artists should not be a thing. Oh, not be a thing. Done. Totally Done with agree. that. <laughs> How did you get into this wonderful world of voice? I started reading books onto tape, actually, for the CNIB in 1995, 96. For those who don't know, that's the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And they were having us do volunteer work to read uh, articles from newspapers and, and magazines into reel-to-reel tape at the time, because that's what we were using. And I found that I enjoyed the voicing and the tech so I really enjoyed running the real to, to the real to real machine. I actually had a fun time doing that. And it didn't actually become a thing for me. It percolated for a while. I did SEO and internet marketing for a long time. I had a uh, songwriting website, a songwriting resource on the web called the Muses Muse for, I don't know, I started in 95 and went until 2016. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, really long. And if you look, uh, musesmuse.com, it's still up there in HTML format and like just static and sitting there. So people have the resources, but it was my baby for a long, long time. And I learned right from the beginning of the internet how to promote on a dime. <laughs> so that. That particular experience allowed me to learn how to do SEO and internet marketing and get some notoriety for the site with no money. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and for a long time, I actually did that for other clients. So that was my first foray as a self-employed person. And that was like back in, I think I was actually self-employed by like 1999. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, went out on my own, did that for a while. And then I kind of reached a ceiling, both in how much money I could make, but also my level of boredom. <laughs> mm. Um, because Google became the only game in town and I got really, really bored. It wasn't an art as much as it was a science anymore. Mm. And, you know, I, I really liked that artistic side of it that went with the logical. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was, uh, I was bored. And um, as I have said, often before things happen when I get bored. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that was my time to decide that I was going to go out on my own and really give this voiceover thing a try. And because I was already self employed, really, for me, it was just a switch of focus. One day I was doing SEO. And the next day I was doing voice acting. <laughs> And, you know, it, looking back on that, I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, it's a long process. And it takes a while for you to be able to really consistently deliver to clients what you need to. But there's coaching that goes into that. You need a demo. Uh, you need a website. You need to have a presence somewhere. 
Um, there's a whole lot that goes into this. And I didn't understand that at the beginning. I went and looked on a message board <laughs> uh, back in 2007 is when I started. And uh, message boards were still a thing back then. And uh, I went and um, put my shiny new, very bad demo up for critique and was a little disconcerted by the answers I got. <laughs> oh, God. I had gone with what's called a demo mill. They call them demo mills because mm. they'll take anyone with a credit card and they don't really give you any direction beyond the most rudimentary. And then they make a really pretty, beautiful sounding demo for you, but it absolutely does not showcase you as a talent. <laughs> so yeah, that's not great. But I learned my lesson. I put that up on the message board. It was completely lambasted. Like it was just like cut to pieces. And um, the guy that was the most vocal in his critique after I had had a little bit of time to like cry and be butthurt and all of that, right? Like, because we're <laughs> artists and we need our little moment. <laughs> I private messaged him on the board and said, help, I don't know what to do. What do I do now? <laughs> and uh, he was very, very kind. A fellow named Lee Kane in Chicago, who's like a, he was a 30 year plus veteran actor at the time. And, you know, that's 15 years ago. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, kind of took me under his wing and he gave me some scripts to do and he instructed me and he sort of taught me this whole acting thing. Because like, it's acting, you know, I was a singer. So I understood having a persona and like being on stage and singing. But I didn't quite understand where the whole acting thing came in. So yeah, I needed to learn that. <laughs> And I needed to learn how to be more me, actually, because when you first start this business in voice acting, you kind of think, well, everyone sounds this way, or, you know, this is what I'm hearing on the major networks, you know, so I should sound like that, you know, and that's not really what they're paying you for. They're paying you to be more you and be authentic delivering their message. So, like, that's what sells right? That's advertising. Uh, that's more memorable. It's more, mem it's more memorable if it makes a connection. And you're only going to make that connection if in some fashion, it feels real. So yeah, that's where the acting comes in. And it takes time. Oh my God. I'm sure as any actor knows, you're never, you never stop learning. <laughs> no. So yeah. yeah, 15 years in and I'm still learning and still coaching. It's funny because I think when you said, you know, we need people to be voice acting and well, acting in general, be more authentic, be more you. My gut instinct is, whew, that's a relief. You know, it seems easier, right? It's easy to be me because I already am me. Yeah. Yeah. But after that gut check of like, oh, that seems nice. That's calming. Then it goes, oh, my body is nervous about that because that makes me feel vulnerable. Ooh, yeah. that's scary. And then think that you're in, say, a booth and you have headphones on or not. Some people don't. I actually don't have my headphones on when I'm recording. Um, but you're, you have a microphone stuck in your face and you're looking at a monitor. You're not looking at a person. So how do you reconcile that with feeling natural in a completely unnatural environment? <laughs> so there, that's where the acting comes in. It's very much theater of the mind. 
imagination. You have to oh, just yeah. have pure imagination to immerse yourself. Mm-hmm. And so is that what you do? Do you do a lot of visualization? Do you kind of picture where you are? Or what are the what have you learned? You know, for me, I do kind of picture where I am. Often I'll listen to a piece of music before I start. So that piece of music will sort of give me the, I call it the emotional context of the piece of whatever it is that I'm speaking. And your voice changes depending on what music you just heard. And you may not think it does, (laughs) but if someone heard you, (laughs) it definitely does. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, yeah. For me, that works because I'm a musician. So that Mm -hmm. helps me a lot. That's how I get my emotional context. But a lot of people, I mean, if you were raised in theater, or you're an on camera actor, it's like, it's it, you do it until it becomes second nature that you're imagining you are somewhere else. Have you had you always been told, Oh, you have a great voice? Because you do. You have an incredible voice. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Because well, I would wonder, so, sorry to interrupt, but I would wonder because no, you, know, you think about, there are people who just naturally, their voices, are like, you got a voice for radio, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or I, I know you can probably hone that. Oh, yeah. But is there? there's got to be a bit of a natural tone that just is nice for voiceover? Well, it depends on what voiceover you're doing. So I have a pretty precise kind of smooth voice. And so Mm -hmm. when you're looking for corporate narration, some commercials, maybe some luxury stuff, maybe healthcare, I do a lot of finance, you know, like, Mm. where you might need the authoritarian, but like, just a little bit of warmth, you know, you need a little bit of gravitas, but yeah, you still want approachable, that kind of thing. So I do that a lot. But at the same time, if you wanted a really casual read for a gym or something like that, you're not calling me. <laughs> right? Like, I, I know where my place is. <laughs> I know where I fit. Yeah. So there are, there are probably, there are probably instances where the sound of my voice and the way that I speak are detriments as opposed to helpful. <laughs> so again, it becomes up to acting because if I can act in a different fashion or use my voice, the instrument that I was given in a way that gets that point across authentically, then I'm, I'm likely to have a good chance of getting the job. But you know, there are some things people are not going to hire me for. (laughs) With the original demo that you had, Mm -hmm. I think, I wonder if it does just come down to acting like you were saying, I mean, it sounded pretty, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't good. Yes. But Again, me being very naive and not knowing much about the voiceover industry, I'm like, but it sounded pretty. Like, what was it missing? It was missing connection to the copy. So if you are not, if it, it didn't, I don't think it sounded like I was reading per se, but, but it just didn't sound like I cared about what I was saying. And no company wants you to speak about their company without caring about it. (laughs) Right? And you're not going to get hired for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's really what it came down to. It came down to, I didn't sound like I cared about what I was saying. Mm. And I didn't know that that's how you were supposed to sound. (laughs) So yeah, I had coaching to have. (laughs) 
And so I think that's my, yeah, kind of my next question is that obviously there's a, a natural, lovely tone to your voice. And I could hear it like I would listen to if you narrated all the medical videos that I had to watch in medical school, I would let <laughs> your voices, I would be very soothed. Uh, but obviously there's, there's a component of training to this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. It's not something that you just do and then you're done. Like it, mm. it, it's constant. <laughs> so you never stop. Um, I just put, put together, well, it's not put together yet, but I just recorded for a new TV narration documentary kind of demo. And I had probably like six sessions of training, I think maybe a little more with a fellow named uh, Tom Pinto, who is a really, really good narration guy like he knows what he's doing and he knows how to teach which is a good thing too so i had sessions with him before recording the demo and yeah that's um like like i said this is 15 years in so i'm still taking coaching i'm still learning new things and i think that that's what makes it fun that you're always learning new things you mentioned things about you know being you know you're basically an entrepreneur you're a small business owner being the business of yourself is there anything else that you've noticed you've pulled in from your career prior to being professional voiceover that you found has benefited you in promoting yourself now as an artist well the internet marketing most definitely when i first started having a website was second nature to me it wasn't something that i hey. thought oh i could do without that until i'm like making money no 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 mm-hmm. now <laughs> You need it now. You need your domain name. Your domain name costs $13. Okay, get your domain name. <laughs> it's one of those things where you you don't realize how important it is until you've been on the web for a really long time. Because then you understand that the longer your website is there, the more oomph it has in the search engine. Mm. And I, I say search engine because really, we all know it's Google. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's really, (laughs) there's a few others, but really, they don't matter all that much. (laughs) I think it's one of those things that we as artists, maybe it's just me, I don't know, struggle with because it feels like it's self-promotion. Ah, yes. The old, uh, I don't want to promote myself. It feels strange. There are so many ways to look at this. And actually, I am one of those people that falls into that category as well as much as anyone else who says this to themselves. So I get it. I understand. As the years have gone by, I have read many books. (laughs) And I have talked with many people about this. And the idea that you are keeping your gifts away from the world is almost selfish. Like you, you, Mm. you are being selfish if you don't promote yourself because you are offering something unique to the world that no one else has and they need to hear it or see it or experience it. And if you don't promote yourself, they're not going to do that. So there's a different way of looking at it. That's a really great mindset. And it, it's hard, I think, because we are the product. You are the product of yourself. It's not like, oh, I made this um, this chair. And if you don't like the chair, too bad. You can still like me. You just didn't like my chair. Yeah. It's not so personal. It's not personal. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Any, any tips? Well, with voice acting, it's less about you you sucked and you weren't chosen because you suck. <laughs> and it's more about this person fit that campaign better than you did. 
And it's not that they didn't like what you did. You were on par to get that audition. You got in front of them. You were heard. But this person fit what they had in their head a little more. And that's not to say, especially when casting directors, I'm talking about voiceovers now, there's all sorts of instances where it would be slightly different. But in voiceovers, the casting directors will listen to almost everything that they get, you know, and they'll go through hearing things that they like or don't like, they'll really quickly set things aside. If they do like you, if you get to the point where it's between you and maybe two other people, then the casting director may just remember that. And they may have something that's perfect for you later on down the line. So you never know whether that audition is going to get you in front of the right person, even if you don't actually get the job. So there's a whole lot of ways to think of this. Put yourself out there, do what you can to get in front of people. And, you know, it's just keep improving in your craft. And this sounds completely cheesy, but the universe takes care of the rest. Just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) And keep doing what you're doing that's in your control. Yes, exactly. so much of this is out of your control. Yeah. yeah I also yeah. think, Cass, we put, we feel so personally about getting rejected, but really we're the only ones who's making, who are making it personal. I mean, casting directors don't have a, don't have the time to make it personal. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah, You're not yeah. thinking about that stuff. Get over yourself, Janet. <laughs> it's different for on camera though. Like I, that's kind of why I never wanted to do on camera. Like I admire yeah. you a ton for, for going <laughs> in that. Cause wow, that is, that's hard because you know, it's, it's about, how you look then. And that's pretty personal. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I can at least sort of divorce myself from the uber personal by having it just be my voice. (laughs) I totally admire people who do on camera because that's, that's hard. (laughs) I think it's interesting because I, for voice, and again, I don't have much experience, but when you're solely relying on voice, to do everything that your face is supposed to do. That is what I admire about what you do. Because you can't rely on these, which is all I'm relying on for the most part. Yeah. It's all got to be your voice, all the emotion. Yeah. Well, that's what the coaching does, right? There. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you have, actually, before I ask that question, um, has anything (laughs) anything surprised you about the voiceover industry? You know how nice everyone was. Oh, that's good. Uh, You know, I don't think there is one person in voiceover that I don't like and wouldn't want to spend time with. Like, I I can't think of one person. I meet a lot of them at conferences, have been to them in the past. Obviously, the last two years have been kind of a bust for that. I I just love every one of them. They're just awesome people. And I think it's because we are less competitors and more colleagues. And it's a little easier to be that way with voice than it is, say, on camera. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just find that the the people that I meet in voiceover, they come from all walks of life, everywhere. It's something they've always wanted to do, or they fell into it, or they were a radio DJ, or they were in theater, or they were an opera singer, or like, there's so many different avenues to come at this. And, and they all have such interesting backgrounds. And I love hearing about all of it and meeting people who just decided this was what they wanted to do. It's just, there's so much to unpack there. And, and, uh, they're just a great bunch of people, very supportive, very helpful. We're all very helpful to each other. It's, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it really did surprise me because I was not expecting that. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because I, f- I feel like that's a common thread for a lot of people who've had jobs before and they're now have switched into the entertainment industry in whatever form that's presented. But mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because maybe it's, maybe it's just Canada. I don't know. It's such a, there's such a small group of people who are in this industry, even though we feel like, oh my God, I'm competing against so many other people. But, if you're not a nice, decent person in this industry, oh, you get yeah. kind of found out pretty quickly. This is true. Actually, like 98% of my work is in the US. So oh, I'm not just talking about Canada. I'm talking about the US too. Like it's global, actually, like not just the US. Like I have clients in Sweden and Norway and Finland and Germany and S- Spain and like, yeah. like all sorts of different places around the world. And my colleagues from all of these different places are just wonderful people. And I, like I said, I like worldwide, I don't think I have found anyone in voiceover that I didn't like and want to spend time with. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. <laughs> That's so great to hear. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Do you have any advice for someone who's interested in switching either careers into voiceover or just interested in trying testing the waters of voiceover? I would say that the best way to find out what is going to happen in all of this and, and the different genres and the different coaches and the different options that you can do as a voice actor, I think the best thing would be to go to a website called voiceoverextra.com, voiceoverxtra.com. And you can look at all of the stuff in there. They have really cheap webinars that you can look at that are like 50 bucks or something like that. You can Mm. read the articles. You can see which coaches are doing what. They have workshops that are coming up that you can maybe read at. Uh, you can test your abilities and, and see what you need to do, see what a director might ask you to do, you know, this kind of thing. Very inexpensively because it's being done in group. So it's just, it's less of an investment in the very beginning because this isn't for everybody, right? And you know, rather than invest thousands of dollars in equipment that you may never use, <laughs> Uh, it's it's just better for you to take a moment, research the industry, find out what the genres are, what you might want to do, and your background may dictate what you end up doing really well. Like, for instance, drug reps may do really well in medical narration. Like, they know how to speak those really long medical terms in a heartbeat. They can do that all day, all night. So, you know, that's that's great for them. Someone who is a software engineer might know a whole lot about the computer industry and be able to, you know, speak those words and those terms and know what they mean and have no problems. And yeah, there's all sorts of things that your background can dictate you would be really good at in this kind of thing. So I would say if you're going to go into this, don't discount anything you did before, first of all, because it all comes into play. And, and yeah, um, do some research on the genres that are available and what you might want to do. And, um, if you want to get into animation, and I'm not an animation person, but this is one thing that I have heard from many different people. It's not about impressions. It's about unique characters. So you're not going in it thinking you're going to have a demo that has you imitating Homer Simpson. They already have Homer Simpson. Mm. They don't need another Homer Simpson. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So make your own unique characters. And that's how you're going to get known in animation. I bet that's a common thought 
look at what I can mimic and I can mimic this well. But yeah, they've already got that. Why would they need, they want something authentic and genuine to yourself. They want a character that has a background, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that can only come from authenticity, right? Just like, just like on camera for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you work through, like, do you have an agent or do you do most voiceover artists or do you self-submit? Like, how does that all work? There's differences. I have several agents all around the US and Canada and the UK, actually. And no, I guess they're not technically a, a, an agency. They're more a um, like a production house. But like I have production houses I'm on the roster of all over the world. And yeah, I do have agencies, agents all over. But the the bulk of my work actually comes from people directly reaching out to me or you know, finding me on my website or me reaching out every once in a while to an agent, uh, like a, an ad agency or a production company or a video company, you know? Yeah. So a lot of it is a combination and agents are great to have. You don't need them, especially in the beginning. I would say you can go out, make you make some money, like go out, find out, like become a professional, go out, make some money, make your own money. And then an agent is going to be interested in you because you're already making money. They're pretty sure you can make money for them. <laughs> That's a really good point. Do you have any funny or crazy, I was going to say on set stories, but in the booth stories? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Just recently, speaking of noise, um, I, I live in a townhouse complex and in the complex, they were doing repaving of like the entire area. So all of the roads were being redone. This was like August of this year, right into September. Like it was almost a month, month and a half, like constant noise. And for a long time, it wasn't actually in front of my house. So I could get away with a lot of recording and it would be fine. And I have a booth. You can see the, the booth right here. And it's a five by four sound treated, not soundproof necessarily, but the walls are pretty thick. And uh, so I, I could get away with recording in there for the most part. And it wouldn't be too bad. And, you know, noise reduction is your friend, right? <laughs> Um, I, I got away with a lot. And, uh, and then there was a particular session that I was supposed to have remote with a client, um, from my Toronto agent, actually, um, where I was supposed to do a Source Connect session. And Source Connect is one of those, um, remote connection things where I record on my end and then they record on their end. Like they hear me. I'm talking through my mic and they're recording me on their end. So, in order to do that, I needed a certain type of studio. But that morning, and I sort of had a little bit of an inkling that this would happen, they started their work right in front of my house. And I was just beside myself because like, I, the session was going to be in like, 20 minutes or something. And they were like, digging away. It was it sounded like like a war zone out there. Like it was bad. <laughs> and I called up a, a friend of mine um, in the area. She's in Keswick now, I think. Her name's Leah Arscott. And she very kindly allowed me to use her studio for this session because she has Source Connect. And she was in the middle of moving. So I think that there was like her studio was still there and maybe their bedroom was still furnished. But I think most of the rest of the house was already unpacked and gone. <laughs> 
And so um, she she said, yeah, come on over here. And this was like, like, it's the middle of a pandemic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've never met her in person. This was like the first time we met in person. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. So, uh, so yeah, we ended up, I ended up uh, using her studio. But you know, it was a comedy of errors to get there. My husband was really, really helpful in that he drove me there because we'd never been to her house before. So he was taking out the stress of figuring out where I was going by helping me drive. But because we couldn't actually park our car in our driveway, our, our car was parked out on the street outside of the complex. And we had to walk out there. And we walked all the way out there. And I had forgotten to bring my mic. (laughs) So it's a specific mic. I use a Sennheiser 416. And the client was used to that mic. And so I have another one and I was bringing it with me to go put it into Leah's setup. And I forgot it. So I had to go all the way back to the house. Like you can imagine the stress levels are like way up here, right? (laughs) It was just crazy. So we were like 10 minutes getting 10 minutes late getting to Leah's house. And then we got set up and it was all fine. And, you know, the session went off maybe 10 minutes late and that was it. And the client never knew a thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I was stressed beyond, but they never knew. <laughs> That's kind of what happens, right? Ultimate professional. It is, right? You just got to roll with it. You got to roll with it because, again, and also they, it sounds so harsh. They don't care what happened before you got, they just, they're just there, there to do their thing. What are you looking forward to this year? Cause we've had a bit of a dismal start to the year. Is there anything that you're looking forward to for 2022? Oh, kind of keeping the fire lit. That is a good question. I, you know, I'm not really sure at this point. I, I'm one of those people who doesn't like to set goals. I know that sounds really weird, mm. but I, I don't. I just, I like having things happen. The whole point of this for me is the excitement of every day being different. And so I never know what's coming. You know, I'm looking forward to getting my new uh, narration demo. That's going to be very, very interesting to hear because of the training and because of the recording session, which is a lot of fun. It was done with a fellow named J. Michael Collins, who is a really good, uh, well, he's a great voice actor, First of all, but he's also a really good demo producer and coach and all sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, so it was a good session and, and I'm looking forward to hearing how it all turns out. But beyond that, I don't really have any expectations of what this year is going to bring. I'm just kind of here for it. (laughs) You know what? That's, I think I aspire to be like that, you know, like I wish that was how I could feel. My logical brain doesn't let me, (laughs) but yeah, that sounds, that's, uh, that's a wonderful way to, I think, to to think about the year, especially because you can't control what's going to happen. It's right? true. Like you're just yeah. saying, put as much as you can in your control, and just let let the universe take the take the reins. <laughs> and you know, in most things, I'm very logical, but I have never really been a goal setter. That is not, I you know, I think because when I first got into voiceovers. I was thinking, oh, um, you know, if I make as much as I made as an internet marketing person, I'm happy, right? And I made that in the first three years, I think. And it took like two and a half, three years to make that money. And like, it takes time. <laughs> so this is not something you're going to just make a living at overnight. But especially now, because there's a lot of competition. But mm. But I did find that as the years progressed... And I kept making more and more money and doing better and better each year. 
it was like, oh, well, you know, surely this can't like, I'm, yeah, this is great. And then the next year would be better. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so goal setting for me would have held me back because I didn't know. Interesting. I had no idea. So yeah, I, like for me at this point, I just am open to anything that comes my way and I want to see what the next thing's going to be. Thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you Jody for being my guest this week. I hope you're inspired to start a voiceover career. Voiceover is really fun. I have loved taking voiceover classes, learning more about, you know, my vocal brand, my vocal quality. Jody has a ton of resources available to you online. All the links will be in the show notes below for her website. She also has a vocal branding podcast that is phenomenal and I hope you will check it out if you want to learn more about the immense, vast, often kind of scary, where do I start voiceover industry. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!